VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, we do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. And can I encourage you to uh, stop what you're doing and really pay attention to what we're talking about here today. We've got some very critical information that we need to share with you and really uh, to sound the alarm because uh, there's a lot going on that the national media just is not telling you. And we got a real significant problem that's getting worse here in this nation. Last week, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, led the largest congressional delegation ever to the border. It was 64 House Republicans representing some 26 states and one U.S. territory. He said there is no order at the border. He said the border is completely open. He said what we saw was so alarming that it would break the hearts of every American and it would infuriate them as well. He conducted an interview on Washington Watch uh, with Tony Perkins and then summed up his comments concerning the border as being trafficking, terrorism, and trauma. Well, an organization that has long been blowing the whistle and trying to wake up the consciousness of our nation on this issue and its leaders speaking out on what's happening at the borders is the Center for Immigration Studies. Joining us today is Mark Krikorian. He is a nationally recognized expert on immigration issues. He is the executive director of Center for Immigration Studies. They're an independent, nonpartisan research organization examining and critiquing the impact of immigration on the United States. He has testified numerous times before Congress, published many, many articles on many outlets on this very issue. Mark, nice to have you back with us on Crosstalk. Glad to be here. Well, Mark, you've appeared on this program many times, and you've reported and you comment on what's happening at our borders, uh, primarily the southwest border. There's concern for the northern border as well. And and from all reports that we're seeing today, this problem is only getting worse. Uh, You indicated the top story of the year is the record-breaking number of illegal aliens at the border, 3.2 million encounters of inadmissible aliens. How bad is it? Describe for us what is taking place. Oh, it's really bad, and it's exactly what um, people would imagine, is that Joe Biden, both during the campaign and then through now almost three years of his policies, has essentially invited people who have no right to come to the United States to just come across the border, turn themselves in, and they'll be let go. Uh, The Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, last week admitted that over 85% of the people who show up at the border are let go into the United States. And it's actually, that was the way the question was posed. It's actually almost certainly more than 90% hmm. are let go. And, you know, supposedly they have a hearing date or there's something they're supposed to do. They may or may not do that. The fact is they're here and, you know, no one's going they're not going to leave on their own. And this administration certainly isn't going to make sure they leave. And so you have literally historically unprecedented numbers of people coming over. And these are not people fleeing war or persecution or climate change or anything that the administration tries to say. They're people who are going through, you know, five, ten different countries on their way here because they know they're going to be able to get away with it. They're, um, you're not going to spend the money and take on the risk involved to go, you know, thousands of miles, not from Mexico anymore, although there's still a lot from Mexico, but from South America, from Africa, from Tajikistan and Central Asia, every place. You're not going to do that unless you're pretty sure the odds are good that you're going to get let go. And the odds are now very good, better than, you know, any lottery or casino. It's almost guaranteed that you're going to succeed. Some people get deported. Sure, but most don't, and so yeah, especially, you know, especially if, rational. They're it, just coming, especially if you've got a ninety percent chance of getting in. Right, exactly, and you know this is this puts in context uh, a debate we've had for a long time, uh, especially among immigration, you know, hawks, people who support a tight border, that walls aren't enough because a lot of these people are just walking around the end of the wall and just turning themselves in, and they the reason they're doing that. It's because they know they're going to be let go. Mm -hmm. You need to have a combination of 
physical barriers at the border, but also legal and policy barriers that mean the people who do get through, because no matter what you do, somebody's going to get through, that they don't um, succeed and don't get away with it. When you have bad policies, all the walls in the world don't matter. And that's why the root cause of what we've seen over the past three years at the border is sitting in the Oval Office. It's not some exterior force that's just happening to us, and we have to deal with it. This is a policy choice by this administration. Yet every time this administration is confronted with this, and I'm talking about the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I mean, she she just points it, you know, she says, no, it's, it, he proposed on day number one going into office his border policy, and, and, and Congress will not act on it, so it's Congress's fault in all of this. Yeah, it's nonsense. I mean, this is like, I don't know if people, how uh, I many have seen the movie The Blues Brothers? There's one scene where John Belushi is saying, it's not my fault. You know, my suit didn't come from the cleaners. There was an earthquake. There was a fire. The dog ate my homework. I mean, this is yeah. essentially the White House press secretary is saying the dog ate their homework. It's not their fault. And yet it's all their fault. Obviously their fault. Because we, you can just look at the, the graph showing the number of people the Border Patrol takes into custody. And as soon as uh, President Biden was sworn in, the numbers started going up. They were, you know, too high before that, but there's always going to be some illegal immigration. This administration is unwilling to enforce the immigration law because they think it's immoral. And so, of course, this is what's going to happen. Now, what were the numbers? I know December was a record-setting month. Yeah, we're talking at this point almost... 300,000 illegal aliens a month. When you look at um, the, you know, the whole uh, northern and southern borders, northern border, obviously, border with Canada, there's not as many, but it's way more than it used to be. And then there's a lot of people now who are just walking up to our uh, legal crossing points. They call them ports of entry, but, you know, not necessarily on the water. You just cross the bridge over the Rio Grande go to the immigration inspector and say, hi, I'm, uh, you know, I uh, fear persecution, uh, and so let me in. They're all let in. So you add those together, you've got 300,000 people every month now for the past several months. And so, you know, that that averages out to what? Almost 10,000 a day. Well, Obama's own DHS secretary, the guy's name was Jay Johnson, and yeah, he was, you know, he was an Obama administration guy, so I'm not a big fan, but he was a serious person. He took his job seriously. He has said that when he was in office, if there were 1,000 illegal aliens on the border a day, that was taxing their capacity to deal with it. That was too much. We're now getting 10,000 a day. Right. And there's no indication that it's going to change unless the administration changes. Well, you know, what's interesting, and you mentioned Secretary Mayorkas just a bit ago. I mean, he is blaming Mexico for December's record high illegal immigration surge. Uh, and, and now it's reported Mexico's presence. They're demanding that the U.S. give $20 billion to Latin American, to Caribbean countries, and also grant them 10 million work visas to, to Hispanics. I mean, who is he to make such demands? And, and, and is it, I mean, how can the Secretary of Homeland Security, who is entrusted with protecting our homeland, be blaming Mexico for this? That's a good point, and that's why we shouldn't. I don't blame Mexico. I mean, look, President of Mexico, yeah, he's uh, frankly got uh, a certain amount of gall to make these kind of demands. But as an old boss of mine told me once, you teach other people how they should treat you by the way you behave. Uh, the Mexican president didn't make these kind of demands when Trump was in office. Right. Uh, it's the reason he's able to say these things. He's not going to get them. I mean, it's, he, it's, uh, it's like performance for his own voters in his own country. But the, the reason you get this kind of uh, rhetoric is because they know that the Biden administration is weak, that they're unwilling to do what they need to do and what can do they do to defend the border. And yet they're asking Mexico to control the border for them. It's our job to control our own border. Mexico can help. And under the Trump administration, they did do some arm twisting to get Mexico to help. And that was good. I mean, it's Mexico can play a role. There's no question about it. But why would they do that if we're unwilling to do our part yeah. of controlling our own border? Right, right. I mean, it takes gall 
to blame Mexico when, in fact, the Biden administration is what's really chiefly to blame. Last week, we saw Speaker Johnson lead this really significant delegation to the border. And and I know it was an eye opener for many of the congressional delegation that was there. Uh, He said, you know, there's no order. The border is completely open. Um, And I I find it very interesting that that uh, certainly uh, calling attention to this at the border. While me, uh, Chuck Schumer back in Washington said, you know, said, you know, it's nice they can be down there, but but this is here in Washington where things are going to get solved with this. But you got to know what this problem is, and and this really was an eye opener to this delegation. Oh, for sure. Um, now the interesting thing was, of course, the Biden administration and the Mexicans and the cartels who control the Mexican side of the border you know, knew this was coming, of course, and they actually made sure that the flow of people, the illegals, went down. In other words, they wanted to try to make it look less bad than it was, and the numbers did go down, you know, just totally coincidentally, right when the uh, uh, Republican delegation was there. But they still couldn't stop people from coming over, so that while they're sitting there, the congressmen, they're, they're talking to reporters, there are illegal immigrants waiting across the river, right there in front of them, and coming in and being let go into the United States. Wow, so, wow. I mean, it's, I mean I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because it's so absurd, it's hard to believe it's true, but it is true. You know, there's something else that really bothered me, and, and he indicated that, that children are being used by the drug cartels as decoys, even deliberately uh, taking infants for their own purposes, dropping infants into the razor wire entanglement so that the Border Patrol agents would run to rescue these infants and young children, cut the razor wire, and then leave this gaping hole for people to cross through. I mean, this is sheer evil. Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, drug cartels and smugglers. Um, it's, it should be no surprise that they engage in this kind of pure evil. They rent out kids often because under Biden policies, if you have a kid with you, you're basically automatically let go. It's, uh, you know, 100% almost likelihood. Um, and so, uh, and they're trafficking kids. Um, today, in fact, is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. I mean, we didn't make this up. This is a, this is a thing. Um, we have a podcast on our site, cis.org. This, the weekly, this new podcast we just put up is about this issue of um, human trafficking and child trafficking. And it's immigration that makes it possible. Now, there's always going to be some of this. You know, evil does not, you know, evil is in the world no matter what we do. But the Biden administration policies, they, for instance, they don't do DNA testing anymore if you bring a kid with you and say it's your kid to make sure you're telling the truth. And a whole bunch of other things have, have facilitated large-scale human trafficking, especially of children, sometimes sex trafficking, sometimes labor trafficking, a kind of slavery where, you you know, you have to work. Um, and yet uh, this administration uh, seems pretty blasé about it. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Our guest today is Mark Krikorian. He is executive director of Center for Immigration Studies. He gave out his website just a moment ago, cis.org, cis.org. You'll find uh, many, many articles and writings and information there. And and I mentioned uh, this podcast as well, uh, cis.org. We're talking today about the border, trafficking, terrorism, and trauma, all coming through the policies of this present administration. But friends, we've got more information and we'll share that with you after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY America Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what can you tell me about those huge flying reptiles? Chris, some of the flying reptiles were as large as a midsize aircraft. Some people have wondered how in the world they could have ever flown. As it turns out, they really couldn't fly in today's atmosphere. There's not enough air pressure to keep them up. Creationists have long supposed that the environment before the flood was quite different than now. We suspect that air pressure was quite a bit higher than now, making it more reasonable that these huge creatures could fly. Recently, an engineer built a model one of these flying reptiles and tried to make it fly. He found that it had many wonderful adaptations to increase the flying ability, but there still wasn't enough air pressure to keep it aloft. To evolutionists, it's a big mystery. But to creationists, we at least have a plausible theory. And we get that by going back to Genesis. For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org. 
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Friends, you need to understand what is taking place at the border. And uh, as the Speaker of the House was just there and, and some things up, really, of uh, trafficking and terrorism and trauma that's taking place at the border. Mark Krikorian is with us today, Executive Director of the Center for Immigration Studies. And, uh, Mark, we, you were talking about the cartels, and they are they're reporting, news is reporting, that human smuggling cartels are making about $32 million a week from smuggling illegal aliens through the Del Rio sector of the southern border alone. Yeah, no, this is a big business. Um, and the interesting thing is, I mean, it, it's, it's that the drug cartels, you, the big ones you hear about in the news, usually aren't the ones doing the smuggling. What they do is they have parceled up the border. They have different turfs along the Mexican side of the border. And so what they do is they charge the smuggling gangs like a toll or a tax to go through their uh, section of the border. And there's a former Texas law enforcement guy, an analyst now, Jason Jones. He says that some of these drug cartels now are making more money from the smuggling taxes they charge than from drugs. My. And it's a much lower risk business. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it's uh, the you're not likely to the cops aren't as likely in Mexico to come after you. You don't have to bribe as many people to protect yourself, all that stuff. And so this is a huge business. And again, these are the criminals. It's clearly they're responsible. But what are the conditions they're taking advantage of to do this criminality? It's the Biden administration's policies. This is like leaving your car door unlocked in a bad neighborhood and then saying, ah, it's the car thieves' fault that they stole your car. Well, it is, yes, but it's also your fault for leaving your door open in a crummy neighborhood. There is also great concern about terrorism, and I know that there have been many on the terror watch list coming across our borders, many encounters there. Comment on this, if you would. Sure. It's a record number of people who turned themselves into the Border Patrol but were on terrorist watch lists. Um, the number over the past years is a year is like approaching 200. And that doesn't count the people who aren't on terror. I mean, who uh, we didn't catch, but are on terrorist watch lists. For instance, um, the cartels often will use crossings of illegals, large, like mass crossings, 100, 200 people at the same time as a way of diverting attention from other parts of the border. Because the Border Patrol then has to strip all of the staff off the border to deal with the illegals who, you know, en masse have come and turned themselves in. That's when they move stuff and people across the border that they don't want found. That's when the drugs come across. It's also when terrorists who have a, you know, um, an actual agenda rather than just being on a list, guys who are, you know, part of a plan, that's when they would be coming across too. So we're not going to know what has happened until it's too late yeah. and something blows up and we find out who it is. That's what happened in Europe back in 2015, 2016. They had a big migrant crisis then because the German prime minister did the same kind of thing as Biden did. And uh, they found out there were multiple terrorist attacks from terrorist groups that had used that open border as a way to smuggle people into Europe. And there, have there not been a number of uh, large numbers of military age young men, even from from communist China? Oh, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, the mili yeah, military age is true, but they're also working age. You know what I mean? In other words, they're young men who are coming. Most of them, almost certainly, are just coming because you know they're looking for a dishwashing job, construction job. In other words, sort of normal immigration stuff. It's illegal, but I mean, it's normal migration. But when you've got Millions of people, three plus million people who have no right to come into the U.S. who were let in. How many do you need hmm. to be terrorists or saboteurs? You know, if it's a dozen of them, isn't that a dozen too many? If it's a hundred, that's even worse. It doesn't need to be millions of terrorists. Um, it's that we are unable because of the huge flow that President Biden has um, initiated. We're unable to do the level of detailed screening that's necessary, for instance, that we used to do when we would catch somebody from, say, Iran smuggling, coming across the border. They used to pull that guy aside. They'd grill him, interrogate him, empty his pockets, download his phone, all of that stuff. We've actually written on this that 
They just can't do that stuff now. Uh, you know, they just sort of cursorily check his name. Is he on Interpol, whatever? And then they say, have a nice day and let him go. Keep in mind, it took only 19 to bring about 9-11. Exactly. Well, also, increasingly, we are finding Democratic leaders are, are pleading with President Biden to act on this. I mean, there are big, big cities like New York, Chicago, and Denver. But, Mark, there, there are even small communities like Whitewater, Wisconsin, not far from where I'm at, a population of some 15,000 who recently received between 800 and 1,000 illegal immigrants. I mean, they can't sustain numbers like this. No, they can't. And, frankly, the Texas border towns can't either. That right. was the whole reason— Governor Abbott started busing people to other cities. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, there was a, who was it? Is a Ben Stein, you know, the actor. His father was an uh, economics advisor in the Nixon administration. He's the one who is reputed to have said, if something can't continue forever, it won't. And I don't know how this continues. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you're right, it's unsustainable. You are finally hearing the mayors of sanctuary cities. Yes saying this is too much for us. The problem, of course, is all they're doing is asking for more money. Right. right. What we need to see is these Democratic officials saying we, the border needs to be shut down. Turn off Policies the faucet. have to change, and they haven't started saying that yet. Yep, you got to turn off the faucet. Uh, so let's yep. talk about New York City. Uh, Mayor Adams has laid down some executive orders as to when illegal aliens may be dropped off in the city, and, and they want advance notice. I'm going to have you comment about New York City, but keep in mind, and I think you kind of pointed this out too, that Texas and Arizona and New Mexico, California, they don't get advance notice from the cartel saying, hey, we're bringing over this many thousand illegals at this time today. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, uh, New York is obviously um, groaning under this burden, except the burden is, you know, a few days worth of maybe a week's worth of illegal immigration on the southern border. And even at that, they're complaining about. And, you know, there's a limit to what any jurisdiction, whether it's New York or whether it's one that's actually trying to enforce the law, there's a limit to what they can do. Because controlling immigration is the federal government's job. Once somebody is let go into the United States by the Biden administration, they can go anywhere they want. I mean, why wouldn't they? We don't have, like, border controls between, uh, you know, uh, uh, Minnesota and Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the issue is you don't let them in in the first place. New York and a lot of cities are now trying to, you know, dump these people off onto the suburbs. It's like a game of hot potato almost. And yet, uh, and in a sense, you can sort of sympathize with them in that the federal government put them in this position. But, you know, these are places that boasted of being sanctuary cities. And they were saying, we're welcoming to all people. No human being is illegal until they start showing up. And then it's like, oh, no, sorry, uh, we're taking that back. Except they're not taking it back. Symbolically, New York could actually make a difference by saying, no, we're going to repeal our sanctuary city rules. Just say it out loud and mm-hmm. do it. They still haven't done that. And uh, until they do it, I'm just not take. I have little sympathy for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the fit Martha's Vineyard went into as well. Uh, yep. Well, So now it appears that bus companies themselves are being sued for bringing. Yeah, the, uh, yeah New York City is, is suing the bus company right. for bringing people into New York, except I don't know what basis there would be for such a thing. Yeah. You can bus company can drive anywhere they want. It's legal business. They're not smuggling people that aren't, you know, I mean, they shouldn't be here, but the Biden administration has let them in. The Biden administration is what they should be suing, not the bus company. Right. And and now we understand, too, and I've seen a couple of stories of, of students in a New York City school going remote uh, for their classroom instruction because they need the school to house migrants. Absolutely. They boosted, they, they booted out the kids from uh, some inner city school. The school had to cancel its... Uh, Spring dance that was something that they uh, do every year uh, in order to make room for illegal aliens. And the kids are supposed to go home and do remote, you know, uh, education, which obviously mm-hmm. from we learned from COVID is a total scam and does nothing. So, you know, this is uh, look, illegal immigrants uh, have if they're here, they're, they're under all kinds of, uh, you know, in difficult uh, limits. But in some sense, there is a sort of illegal alien privilege. And that's what we're seeing here is that the first uh, job of New York City government is not to educate their own American children. 
It's to make sure illegal immigrants have somewhere to live. Right. Well, just today, uh, and folks, we're talking with Mark Rikorian from the Center for Immigration Studies at their website, cis.org. Uh, just today, the director of research for Center for Immigration Studies, uh, Stephen Camarata, uh, appears before the Immigration, Integrity, Security, and Enforcement Subcommittee of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, detailing the cost of illegal immigration to taxpayers. He had some startling information to share. Uh, what can you share with us in brief? Yeah, Steve uh, testified, that was just earlier today, and the uh, probably the um, sort of most important takeaway I'd give is that um, the majority of families headed by immigrants, by people born abroad, are using at least one federal welfare program. And among illegal immigrant families, in other words, where the head of the household is an illegal immigrant, 59% are using government-funded welfare. And this isn't because they're coming here to get welfare. Almost all of these families, whether they're illegal aliens in them or legal immigrants, they're working. The issue is that they're, they have little education. Therefore, when they earn money, they don't earn a lot of money. They don't pay a lot of taxes. And they can't feed their own kids because they're not making enough money. And so they end up living off the government. We're not going to let kids starve. Uh, and this is an, in, an inevitable consequence of letting in lots of poor people. And the important issue for a lot of folks, normal folks hearing this are saying, well, then let's bar them from welfare. Well, we tried to limit immigrant access to welfare back in the 90s, the big welfare reform bill that was a part of it. It doesn't work because most of the welfare goes to their American-born kids anyway. And we're not going to let people in the steps of the emergency room die just because they're illegal aliens. We're a civilized society. Mm -hmm. The solution is don't let people into your society in larger numbers and don't let the kind of people who aren't going to be able to carry their own weight. And by definition, most immigrants, I mean, it's just proved, the numbers prove that most immigrants cannot carry their own weight because the majority of them are using at least one federal welfare program. Mark, uh, Monday of this week, the Biden administration warned the Supreme Court justices that hundreds of thousands of deportation cases could all be reset, sent back into the immigration system if the justices rule against the administration on a key case regarding the use of immigration notices. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, it's, it, the, the, I don't want to go into the weeds on it, right, but there right. was um, uh, the Biden administration, again, because it let in so many people, the Border Patrol was kind of forced to just uh, give people these quickie notices. It's kind of like a summons to court. And the argument is that while these were defective, you know, they didn't have the right, uh, they didn't dot all the I's and what have you. And therefore, all of these cases have to be reheard. And the, the immigration courts already have millions of people in a backlog because of this administration. And this would just make it worse. This would break the system down. I don't think this administration is intentionally following back when in the 60s we called a cloward piven strategy where you overwhelm the system to try to destroy it. Mm -hmm. But that's the practical effect of what they're doing. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. Mark Krikorian is with us. We're going to share several more minutes here of information before opening phone lines. But we're going to take a look here as well because Texas has been trying to crack down on this issue. But in doing so, they're being sued by the Biden administration and trying to protect the citizens of the state of Texas and the rest of the nation as well. We'll be back in just one minute here on Crosstalk. Crosstalk as we know it began airing in 1987. Good afternoon to you, Edgar here. We are going to be talking today with... Uh, it comes your way from the VCY America Network out of Milwaukee. Did you ever wonder what the letters VCY stand for? Ever pondered what's behind the ministry that presents Crosstalk every day? We're pleased to share with you a free copy of the magazine formatted book, God's Continuing Miracle, The VCY Story. This book of over 200 pages presents nearly 500 photographs, interviews, historic newspaper articles, and writings about the VCY America ministry, now over 60 years old. The magazine will also inform you about VCY rallies, the birthday club ministry, the VCY bookstore, and so much more. It is a testimony to God's faithfulness. 
To receive a free copy of God's Continuing Miracle, The VCY Story, call 1-800-729-9829. We're talking today about the border, trafficking, terrorism, and trauma. Mark Krikorian is with us today from the Center for Immigration Studies and uh, talking about these border issues. And friends, really, in the time we've had so far, we've only scratched the surface as to what is taking place. Uh, we do know, Mark, that uh, Texas is trying to crack down on this matter in their state. They tried the boys. They are trying other aspects as well. But they're, they're being sued by the Biden administration. Yeah, the latest thing, uh, they're actually being sued in several uh, reasons uh, to try to stop them from limiting illegal immigration. But the latest thing is the Texas legislature passed and the governor signed a law making uh, illegally entering Texas from Mexico to be a state crime as well as a federal crime so that the state courts, you can be prosecuted for it. And what they said was it's a certain amount of jail time or the judge can waive the jail time if you go back to Mexico. So they're not actually deporting anybody because they can't really do that, but they're saying if you leave, then you won't have to go to jail, but you're going to jail if you don't leave. Well, the uh, Justice Department, Federal Justice Department, is suing Texas to try to stop this law from going into effect. It's supposed to take effect in March. And the Babylon Bee had a headline on it, which isn't even satire anymore. It's just actual news. I mean, the Babylon Bee at this point is like a regular newspaper. <laughs> the headline was great. It says, DOJ, Department of Justice, sues Texas, saying it's against the law to pass a law to enforce the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, again, you ha- you got to laugh if you're going to stay in this business for almost 30 years, as I have, because this is so ridiculous. We are in what the old uh, Superman comics used to call Bizarro World, where everything was upside down and the opposite of what it should be. You know, I, I know we've had problems recruiting in our military, but I saw that there was a, or at least a story of a proposal by Democrats to solve our military recruiting crisis by having illegal aliens serve in that capacity. Yeah, it's completely bananas. Yeah. Uh, this is something, there are Republicans who have suggested things like this in the past, too, so um, it's not just the Democrats. Um, the point being, you would, uh, you know, you'd get amnesty for signing up for the military. Well, all that would do is be another indu- inducement for, as you say, military-age young men mm-hmm. to illegally immigrate to the United States, knowing that they would uh, be able to get citizenship if they served in the army. And um, you know, if you're a young man uh, from, you know, Philippines or Nigeria or wherever. Uh, that you know, that's that might be a good deal. I mean, uh, it beats serving in your own country's army, and you don't get any, you don't get U.S. citizenship out of it. So it's completely nuts. I mean, you know, uh, didn't these people ever read about the history of the Roman Empire? I mean, the, you know, the army became uh, dominated by non-Romans, and uh, you know, it didn't work out well for them. You know, it's, it's very disheartening as well to constantly be seeing the the headlines coming out, and most usually it is. Uh, alternative media sites, but uh, here's one that uh, came from Daily Caller. Uh, illegal immigrant deported four times, charged with killing Colorado mother or son in a DUI crash. This this kind of story, how tragic it is, but it's not unique. No, no, not at all. And um, the, you know, the administration uh, clearly shares responsibilities anytime an illegal immigrant causes a crime, but it depends you know, the amount of culpability, the degree to which they are to blame is, you know, it, it's not always the same. Because if an illegal immigrant gets in, no, no, the Border Patrol never saw him. Uh, he came in undetected and committed a crime. That's bad. That's a failure of the federal government. But it's mainly the criminal's fault. This guy was deported four times and was able to keep coming back. Um, and in many cases, the crimes are being committed by illegal immigrants that the Border Patrol took into custody and then because of the Biden rules, let go. And then they committed a crime. Then that really is the administration's fault. And there's a lot of that happening. And frankly, there are thousands of people who are dead or will die in the future because, from crimes, whether it's drunk driving or assault or what have you, because of Joe Biden's immigration policies. We know that uh, you know, there has been you know, impeachment uh charges uh, brought in a matter of fact an impeachment hearing against secretary mayorkas um 
I know you don't have a crystal ball, but is this going to go anywhere? It could well. I mean, the, almost all Republicans are for impeaching him. Now, he's not going to be removed from office because the Constitution requires two-thirds of the Senate to uh, convict, to actually remove somebody from office. There's no way he's going to be removed. Democrats are not going to vote for that. But impeaching him in the House, which is the first step, it's like an indictment kind of in a criminal trial, uh, may well happen. I think the odds are very good. Almost all Republicans are for it anyway. There's a handful, literally two or three, who are not pro-Mayorkas, but they're still thinking, well, this is a you know, too extreme uh, a, a move, and he hasn't actually taken bribes or what have you, kind of missing the point of what you know, impeachment is supposed to be about. Um, and when the Republicans only now have, what, a two- or three-vote majority, yep, a two-vote, yep, I think, yep. um, if they don't get literally every single Republican to vote yes, then they're not going to bring it up for a vote because that would be, you know, a mistake. It's worse to not bring it to the lose than to just not bring it up at all. But if I had to predict, I think they are eventually going to convict him. And that is uh, this, even though he won't be removed from office, it's still useful because they have to have the hearings where that forces the media to report on it. And then the Senate has to have a trial, even if they vote to, you know, uh, um, you know, to let him off and not remove him from office, they still have to have a trial. And that, again, forces the legacy media to cover an issue that they would rather just not cover. And um, I think it's uh, almost certainly politically worth doing. Friends, our phone number to Crosstalk today, 800-733-9829, 1-800-733-9829. Your questions for our guest today or brief comments, 800-733-9829. Uh, as you know, Mark, this coming Monday, we start the uh, caucus uh, here in uh, in the state of Iowa, followed the next week by the New Hampshire primary. We're getting this presidential process underway uh, here starting next week. How critical do you see this 2024 election? Oh, it's going to be pretty important because, um, you know, five more years. I mean, we're going to have one more year of this at the border. And, you know, there'll be some ups and downs, but it's not fundamentally going to change. And if um, President Biden is reelected, and it looks like he's going to be the nominee. Um, we're going to have five more years of this. I don't know how sustainable that is. I mean, I, I, it's not sustainable. So this really, I mean, you know, every election is important, obviously, but this is a really pretty important election because if this administration gets a second term, we're talking about um, I mean, what are we saying here? We're talking about maybe 10, 11, 12 million new illegal immigrants coming into the United States under this administration's watch. Those people aren't just going to be leaving on their own. And even if there's a Republican administration following it, they're not, you're not going to be able to remove all of those people. Um, it's going to be hard enough to remove the illegals that Biden has led in, in one term. How is it even going to be possible over two terms? I mean, it's, this is a serious consideration and you see it from people realize that you see it from the public opinion polling where after the economy which is obviously always everybody's first concern the next most important issue for uh, more and more voters is immigration and the border and so uh, republic the democrats realize they have a problem i just don't think they're capable that they have the ideological flexibility to actually deal with it they have hide themselves to this anchor of open borders, and um, we'll see if they end up sinking, if the uh, voters, you know, throw them overboard, as it will, as it were. Friends, our lines are packed. Let's go right to them. We have Ed calling from Spencer, Tennessee, and Ed, you're on the air. Yes, hello, Rob. Hello, Ed. Okay, Ed, did something buttoned there. Uh, let's go next to Mac in Northport, Florida. You're on the air, Mac. Hey, uh, Brother Jim, thank you. Uh, this is a, a, a topic that really needs every day, I think. But, Mark, uh, I wanted to ask you, too, that um, we have a lot of people that think about solutions out here. And th- there was one I heard years ago. I, I don't endorse it, but you kind of alluded to it earlier, talking about sectors across the Rio Grande. And this radio broadcaster from Texas talked about the very same thing, you know, and now with uh, in the callousness that's it's happening all across there. It doesn't sound too uh, 
doesn't sound too preposterous, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of those uh, people that could, could set up and be in charge at those at those um, sectors could could stem the stem it somehow. And since we're in such a lawless nation now, anyway, uh, how would Greg Abbott or anyone else, for that matter, you know, know how to, to stop somebody that was to take it, you know, take 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 matters to uh, their their group meetings and talk about it anyway? Well, I'm just curious what you think. Thank you, Matt. Well, what was the proposal? That's I didn't get. What was it that um, was well, being it, it was proposed? Kind of, it, it was kind of. Um, it, it was kind of, it, it, you know, the fact is, it was. It sounded kind of really cruel and mean, you know, because they said, "Let's just put some generals or some cartel heads in charge of those sectors," you know, and and uh, we can put money in their accounts. But the fact is that that would that would be that would have been really cruel and 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 almost murderous, I guess, is one way to put it. But yeah, I mean, we're not going to be shooting illegal aliens, obviously. Um, uh, but the you know the uh, in a um, if I understood correctly, um. Part of the solution is to like would would be to pay cartels not to smuggle illegal aliens. Well, I guess I don't know, but we don't need to do that. Right. We just need to pay our border patrol agents to be able to do their job and the ICE agents and spend some money on detention facilities, more flights to uh, flying people back to their countries, more immigration judges that we need policy changes. That's what we need, and we can do it. We don't need to shoot people. We don't need landmines. We just need normal law enforcement. Yeah. This administration is prohibiting law enforcement personnel from enforcing the law. That's what needs to change, and it'll work. This isn't rocket science. Mac, thank you for the call. Uh, Mark, let me just ask you this, too. Some controversy regarding uh, the cutting of razor wire uh, that was done. It, it appears that the Biden administration was was promoting the cutting of razor wire that Texas had put up there. Was this Border Patrol agents doing this, or what is the the controversy there? It it seemed like some were cutting in order to safely allow people to come through. Well, in some instances, it's totally justified. Again, as you suggested earlier in the show, these uh, monstrous smugglers will, like, toss toddlers into the razor wire Mm -hmm. and kind of force the Border Patrol to get in and cut it out to extract the kids because, you know, um, some, you know and, yeah, and in some gonna, cases, we're not allow them to stay there. It, but but the administration has, in fact, instructed in some instances Border, uh, border Patrol to cut wire or to use like a front loader to lift it up to enable just regular illegal aliens to come mm-hmm. in. And that's outrageous. Um, that's actually fostering illegal immigration, facilitating it. And this administration, Given everything else they do, it's no surprise that they're doing that as well. And isn't this agents themselves feeling conflicted? <laughs> you know, oh, no, yeah, no question about yeah. it. And in fact, Texas sued, and the federal government was slapped down. So they're uh, to- they have there's a court order that prohibits them from doing that, except in emergency cases. Uh, and Texas didn't challenge the emergency cases part. They just said, unless there's an emergency this can't be allowed. And the judge said, you're right, it can't be allowed. So Mm -hmm. the administration, at least, according to court order, isn't doing it. Now, maybe they're ignoring it. It could be. It's a long border, and they could be getting away with things that they shouldn't be. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. Our lines are packed, so we'll come right back to the phone calls here following the break. Mark Krikorian is our guest today from the Center for Immigration Studies, and their website is cis.org. That's cis.org. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk, and we'll pick up with uh, more of your calls afterwards. This is Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. You know the Bible verse, a prophet has no honor in his own land? Well, apparently this happened in Israel, where a former high-ranking general by the last name of Brick was giving a warning in early 2023. I want to make sure you understand, early 2023. He warned of what was going to happen, and it did, October 7th. He said, quote, Hamas will conquer settlements, throw grenades into bunkers and shelters, and cause a massacre. The local residents, you and me, must defend these communities because the army will not be there, In quote. He said, quote, we feel that everything is fine and that there's no threat. 
but the public is not told the powers are preparing. These are equipped and trained and will cross the border and attack and occupy our settlements in the South, end quote. My friends, we're giving the same warning here. Are you ready? Talking today with Mark Krikorian from the Center for Immigration Studies and certainly looking at the border, trafficking, terrorism, and trauma. And uh, let's go right back to the phone lines here. We've got uh, Jim, who's been holding the longest. Hi, Jim, you're on the air. Hi, gentlemen. I, I just want to, I'm thinking about all this, and, you know, we're talking about the symptoms. I want to talk about the disease. And I just, I know it's hard for you guys to do this because you're on the, on the air and stuff. you got to you got to use certain terms, but I refuse to call Joe Biden president and, and this administration. I refuse to call it administration. I feel that he's there illegitimately, and, and, and so all this could have been avoided, and I feel that the, the election was stolen, and look at what they're trying to do now, bring these illegals in, make them able to vote, and, and, and all these other things that they're trying to keep Trump off the ballot. And it's like, can't you people see that they cheated once and they're going to try to do it again? And so all this could have been avoided if that election would have been uh, um, really turned around and, and been legitimate. Okay. Thank you, Jim, for the comment. Uh, any response here, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into the election thing. I'd only look forward and say this is a reason. If this matters to you, you want to take a look at what the two candidates are proposing and get out, and whether it's cold or it's raining or whatever it is, get out and actually vote. Uh, you know, this is, they always, you know, every year people say, every election, this is the most important election ever. And I don't know if this is the most important election ever, but it's a pretty important one. Yeah. And you can't complain about it unless you've actually gotten out and actually voted. Yeah, and and also to the issue, I know this is where, number of uh, people have been calling for people to be election observers and poll workers and so forth. There you and, go. Yep. And, and if there all, is, you know... To, yeah, to, to, they always need poll watchers. I've done that a couple of times. Volunteer. Call mm-hmm. up the local, uh, your local party or what have you and say, how do I become a poll watcher? You have to do like a little web practice thing and show up, and it's a pain in the neck sometimes. But if this matters to you, make sure that the election is clean because of your efforts, not just complaining about it. Let's go next to Jerry in Milwaukee. You're on the air. Yeah, I I believe this is intentionally done. Your last callers kind of said it for the vote. Why would you be doing this to this country or to tear the country apart? That's the way I look at the whole situation. Okay. Thank you. And we know, Mark, uh, I mean, in some areas, they are allowing illegal aliens to vote in Local elections or state elections, not federal elections, but uh, uh, for some uh, poll workers, I mean, the lines are kind of blurry as to what elections people can vote in and not. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, there are a bunch of uh, local jurisdictions that allow that, and it really shows you how far things have gone. New York, a number of years ago, New York City had a proposal to let illegals vote in school board elections. And back then, even the New York Times said that was a bad idea. Um, things have changed. You know what I mean? The um, left has radicalized on immigration, and they just don't believe that American citizenship means much of anything anymore. And this is a fundamental question we need to deal with in politics. It's not just should taxes be 2% higher or 2% lower. This is a basic question of what America is. We have Christine calling next. Uh, Christine, you're on the air. Um. Have you, uh, Mr. Kukorian, heard of Carlos, Carlos Ariano, DHS whistleblower, who blew the whistle on the transportation of the children and the approximately 100,000 missing children? He had a hand in trafficking all around the country. And uh, the, the rape of the children, the, the, his conscience couldn't take it anymore. Are you familiar, familiar with this young man? Well, I mean, I don't know him, but there's a number of, I mean, I've heard of him, and there's whistleblowers. There's another whistleblower who's testified, Tara Rodas. Um, who experienced the same thing. And uh, there's no question that um, the administration was trying to keep all this quiet. The uh, issue about losing track of these alien kids, these illegal immigrants, supposedly unaccompanied minor kids, is really is an issue that um, this administration has gotten away with a lot. about. Most of those kids are not 
in traffic. It's just that their parents are illegal aliens and don't want to answer the phone call following up. But uh, some of them aren't. Some, and we actually have a podcast today where we talk with a Florida prosecutor who um, has looked into this issue. And um, it's, you know, it's a sign of real irresponsibility where this administration is just trying to get these illegal immigrant kids out of their hands so they can say, well, we solved the problem and it's no big deal. Most of those kids don't end up in horrific situations, but some of them do. They're falling between the cracks, and that's because this administration is doesn't want bad publicity, and yet they create these problems that are going to blow up in their face and create even worse publicity. Yeah. Christine, thanks for the call. We're going to squeeze one last call in. Beth in West Dallas here on the air. Uh, yes, I'm calling and I have just two points. One, you know, I'm hearing about all these people that are leaving their passports behind when they come over. Why can't uh, our, you know, patrol or have maybe some people that want to gather these so that we have them as a database for those people that are here? Secondly, you know, I mean, it's terrible what happens to the human condition when they're put in positions or they choose positions that aren't supposed to be. And that's when with all these people coming over here, they're illegal. They know they're illegal. I don't care. The president's off, you know, having them come in, but we don't want them here. The citizens don't want them here. And because we're struggling ourselves, our American citizens are struggling. They're giving things to these illegal aliens and forgetting our vets who aren't even getting what they deserve from, you know, from serving this country. Yeah. Our people are, are going hungry. Our children are going hungry. They're not getting medical care because they're waiting in line with lines of illegal aliens. You know, and they were, they're being attacked and killed by these illegal aliens. So, you know, my sympathy only goes so far, but you know what? Uh, we uh, should come first. Okay, thank you, Beth, for your comments. And, uh, Mark, we're just under a minute. Go ahead and share what you'd like to in response. Uh, yeah, as far as the second point, absolutely our own people have to come first. That's the only reason you have a government is to look out for the interests of the people who create that government. Um, the first point is interesting on the IDs. Um, we suggested years ago that the Border Patrol, you know, hire some minimum wage person to go and collect up all the IDs that people dump. I've gone myself, literally, on the other side of the fence, still in the U.S., but on the other side of the fence. I did this in Arizona and just picked up all kinds of IDs, passports, but also Mexican uh, temporary IDs that non-Mexicans get, all kinds of things. And it would just be common sense to try to, you know, put this stuff into a database and say, you know, you, you say you're from... Peru, but here we have an ID that says you're a Mexican. We're not letting you in. Um, they're not doing it. This administration wanted to. It could. They don't want to enforce any law. They're not going to go to that length and try to figure out who these people are. They don't care. They're just letting them go. And uh, we are. Uh, thank you, Beth, for the call. We are out of time. And, uh, friends, though, we have to leave it there today. You can get more information, stay informed at uh, Center for Immigration Studies website, CIS.org. Mark, thank you for being with us. Thanks. Uh, enjoyed it. Great. And friends, uh, you can stay informed, a very critical issue facing our nation. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.